You are Locked On Jets, your daily podcast on the New York Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network on this Tuesday, February 27th, the year 2018. I'm John B. from gangreennation.com. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to it. Your options to do so include iTunes and Spotify. If you do so, we will deliver the show to your device each day so you can listen whenever you feel like it. And if you really enjoy the show, please leave a good review in iTunes. We certainly appreciate it. On today's show, we're going to take a look at what I consider a position of need for the Jets. A little while back, we took a tour of the offensive line, and today we're going to take a look at the group of corners the Jets have as they head into the offseason and assess what the team needs at the position. And I think we are ultimately going to conclude the team needs an awful lot. And make no mistake about it, this is a very pressing need for the Jets. The cornerback position is a very important spot on the field in the Todd Bowles defense, as it is with most defensive systems. Really, there are only a couple of zone schemes in the NFL where the cornerback position is not emphasized. But we want to talk about this position today because most of the focus right now is on the offensive side of the ball at the quarterback position. And obviously the big name there is Kirk Cousins. And we've talked about him plenty already. And I'm sure we're going to talk about him plenty more over the next few weeks as we approach free agency. But for now, let's talk about the corners on the that were on the roster in 2017 and where the Jets go from here. And again, I think what we're going to find is that there's a pretty big need at this position. Let's start by looking at the season Morris Claiborne had. And Claiborne was signed to a one-year deal. And it was essentially a prove-it deal. It was, the salary was around $5 million. And the Jets were hoping that this would produce them a number, number one corner on the cheap. It was a, a low-risk, high-reward move for a guy who was a, viewed as a very talented prospect when he was picked in 2012. Things had not quite panned out that way during his tenure with the Dallas Cowboys, the, the team that drafted him. But he was trending up a bit. He had a really good 2016 season, so people were hoping that he could build on it. Did he build on it? It's possible to make an argument either way. I think early in the season, Claiborne was looking good. I personally thought that maybe people were a little too excited about him. I I did I thought there were some spotty games where opponents missed frequent chances they had against him, and the the game against the Cleveland Browns is a good example with Deshaun Kaiser. But Claiborne got off to a good start this season for the Jets, but then around a little past the midway point, I think, he suffered an injury which kind of changed the trajectory of the season. It, it, it was never clear that he was to- completely healthy, but even when he was playing, you, you could tell he was not the same player. So now Claiborne approaches free agency. And the question is, do the Jets re-sign him? And with a normal player, I think you might argue that, hey, he was probably held back by injuries. You know, this is a guy you can count on going forward. But the problem with Claiborne is that 
there was a reason he only got a one-year, $5 million deal. And that's just what the market was willing to pay for him. And there's a reason the market was willing, willing to play that for him. Yes, part of it was that he was inconsistent during his time with the Cowboys on the field. There were many points where he struggled quite a bit. But he also is a guy who has never shown that he can play a full season. He he has never played 16 games in a season. He's been injured a ton. You know, 20. Let me give you the number of games played he's had in his career. 15 his first year, 10 his second year, 4 his third year, 11 his fourth year, 7 his fifth year, and then 15 with the Jets last year. And again, early on when he was healthy, his play was relatively solid, but... It tailed off after he got hurt, and you know he did miss a game. And after that point, he was he was never the same guy. And again, I think he was probably a little overrated when he was playing early in the season. He was a guy who was penalized quite a bit. He had seven penalties. The league leader was nine, and that's actually going to be a theme when we talk about the corners on this Jets roster. They get pen- they get penalized a lot. So. The Jets are in a position where you wonder, do they bring Claiborne back? And personally, my view is I don't think you can commit to him beyond one year. I just think there's too much risk. Again, this is a guy who's never put together a complete 16-game season. And I said that in the first context as it pertains to his ability to stay on the field. But he also has never played good 16 game season he's never he's never been a complete player for the full year he's had stretches where he's looked very good he's had stretches where he's not looked very good so i think you if you bring if you offer to bring him back i i would look at giving him an identical deal to the one he got in 2017 maybe one year around five million because there is a value to a guy like claiborne if he gives you something that's above terrible that's $5 million is not a lot of money. So essentially what, what it is, is, even if you're not getting top, top-end play, you're at least getting something out of the, the position, and you're not paying a lot. And what that allows you to do is, since you're not paying a lot at the cornerback position, it allows you to pay more money at other spots on the field and bolster other spots on the field. And that's one of the strategies, the team building that you have, is even if you're not great at the position, if you're not paying a lot of money there, Sometimes it's worth it because you can build up other spots on your roster and build strengths through by using the salary cap in that smart way. So that's, I think, where things prob- probably stand at the moment involving Morris Claiborne. Attention cancer patients. If you or a loved one lived, worked, or visited lower Manhattan in the months after the 9-11 attacks and have been diagnosed with cancer, federal benefits and health care may be available. Attorney Eddie Markowitz has helped many families recover substantial benefits from the September 11th Victims' Compensation Fund. The James Adroga Health and Compensation Act has been extended, but time is limited. Attorney Markowitz is proud to serve as counsel to the Zadroga family. Let him help you, too. These benefits are not just for rescue workers, but to anyone who qualifies. The fund covers many cancers, including prostate, skin, lung, and breast. Call 1-800-LAW-HELP. That's 1-800-LAW-HELP to see if you qualify. Now let's move to a guy who makes me nervous, and I'll tell you why he makes me nervous, and that's Buster Screen, who comes with an $8.5 million cap number in 2018. Only $2.5 million dead money if he is 
around, if he's cut, I'm sorry, if the Jets cut him, they only retain $2.5 million in dead money of the $8.5 million, which means the Jets save $6 million against the cap. They create $6 million in cap space if he is cut. So this seems like a pretty obvious move to me. It seems like an obvious move that you, you cut screen, and there are quality slot corners who are going to be available. So that $6 million you save will go a long way toward paying for them. Screen was a guy Mike McCagnan signed early. In fact, he, he Screen may have been McCagnan's first big-ticket addition in 2015 because he was signed before Darrell Revis. The Jets did not wait around because they viewed slot corner as a need, a big need, and it's tough to blame them. I, I don't think you can blame them for that because, as we talked about a couple days ago, you really have three starting corners in the NFL, and you need a guy who can play the slot. Unfortunately for the Jets, the screen contract has not worked out. Earlier in Screen's career, he showed some issues with to his game with Cleveland, and they really have not been sorted out. And biggest problem problem with Screen is that he's kind of undersized, and that leads to him being a little overmatched at points. It leads to him getting kind of grabby. You know, he's a guy who commits, you know, he, he does commit his fair share of penalties, and he's just, there are points where he's just overmatched, where he's out physical, and it's just a move that I think has not worked out. He was good his first, I'd say, first half season, six to eight games with the Jets, he was really good, and here or there, he sprinkles in a really good game, but he also sprinkles in some horrible games, like the game he played at Miami, which he may have single-handedly lost the Jets a game this year, because he was so bad. So, at the end of the day, I don't think this is a guy who's worth eight and a half million dollars against the cap. I just think I don't think he has the skills. I think he's again. I think he's undersized. I think he just gets gets too grabby. And grabby is a word that comes up a lot. You know, Clay. We talked about Claiborne's penalties, screen, just not what you need at the cornerback position. I think this is a guy you move on from. Now, why I'm worried is that the Jets seem to really like him. So I'm concerned that the Jets don't have the same view of screen that I do. I want them to move on. I'm not sure whether they will, though, because I think this coaching staff seems to like him. Again, they view slot cornerback as an important position, and rightly so. It is an important position in today's NFL. But the guy that they have right now really is not up to the job, I would say. Now let's talk about Daryl Roberts, who the Jets acquired, and he was in a, he was a guy that they picked up uh, on the cheap from... He and Roberts had spent time in New England earlier in his career, so there was lots of hope that maybe the Jets would find a nice guy, a, you know, a good player from the Pats, and you know that, that it would be particularly sweet if they if they could, you know, a guy that the Pats cut who thrived with the Jets. Uh, he was a seventh round pick of New England in 2015, and then the. Pats let him go. He did not make the roster in 2016, so the Jets signed him up. And he's shown a few flashes. He's done he's done some he's had a few decent games here or there, but I think ultimately he's not a guy who really shows you the instincts to play the cornerback position effectively in this league. I think he's a guy who gives too much cushion. I think he's there are instances where he's too afraid to get beaten over the top and it's fine to give cushion if you can explode on the ball on the underneath pattern, if you can still stay with a guy, not not allow too much distance. But I think Roberts is a guy who just does that too frequently. So I'm not sure he's necessarily an effective player. And 
The other issue with Roberts is just, I'm not sure there's much upside there. And the reason I say that is, he's already 27 years old, and he's going to be 28 by the time the 2018 season ends. His birthday is November 26th. So, it's not like this is a young guy. It's not like this is a guy who's, you know, 23 years old, 24 years old. He's close to his athletic peak. So, and especially at a position like corner, which is based so much on just sheer athleticism, I'm not sure he's the guy who's going to give you what you need. Uh, And I'm not sure he's a guy who can grow into somebody who can give you what you need. I think he's probably at his peak right now, and I'm not sure his peak is really full-time NFL regular. I think his peak is probably more depth guy. Maybe you throw him in on special teams, I don't know. But this is not a guy I think the Jets can look to as a long-term viable answer at corner. Now let's move on to a couple of players who were drafted in the fourth round in 2016. And we'll start with the Jets pick, and that was Justin Burris. And it felt like the Jets were interested in giving Burris an expanded role on this team in 2017. And it's one of those things where there are spots where you just have to do that. You have to lean on your draft picks. You only get you know one first-round pick, one second-round pick a year. You need some lower guys to hit because the way the NFL is structured in this day and age, you really just need to find contributors who are cheap, and that means some of the low, lower-round picks have to hit. Now, the hit, hit, the hit rate in the fourth round is much lower than it is in the first round. Even the best GM is going to have some misses in the fourth round, some big misses. And what I will say is that Justin Burris does appear to be a miss. There was some optimism around him late 2016. I think whenever you get to like the fourth round and beyond, whenever you get to a day three pick, if if that guy shows a pulse as a rookie, you get hopeful. So, I mean, I don't blame anybody. I was hopeful myself, but he really played himself out of a big role quite early in the season. He had an ugly game against the Oakland Raiders week two, and he saw his playing time reduced from, you know, uh, and didn't really factor much into this Jets season. He's a guy who really showed some struggles in coverage, and I think the the big issue with him is just, I'm not sure he's got the speed to play corner in this league. And, you know, speed isn't everything, but you need a baseline level of talent at the position. And it's just, I'm not sure whether Burris is fast enough to, to keep up with the uh, top receivers in the league. And he's also shown, again, he's shown some issues tackling that it's not a tackling position. So it's not necessarily the end of the world if you aren't a great tackler at corner, but it certainly, it certainly is not a negative. And if you cannot tackle, you better be a really good cover guy. And at this point, I don't think you can say Burris is a really good cover guy. And he's not a great tackler either. So I don't think that, again, this is probably not a guy you can count on much going forward. He was demoted during the season. So, you know, you're kind of hoping for the best. But at this point, you kind of have to be expecting the worst with this team. And you know, Burris did, uh, the one thing you will say for Burris is that he did take on a bigger role at some points during the year during in, because of injuries. So there were some games where he played quite a bit. He did get some experience, and near the end of the year, he, was, he, played, a, he played a bunch. So you know, maybe that experience will help him grow a little bit. I think that's what the hope has to be. And finally, let's end with 
Richard Robinson, who also was a fourth-round pick in the 2016 draft. And this was a guy who was drafted by the San Francisco 49ers, though. And the Jets traded a fifth-round pick for him at the deadline, which was a move that raised eyebrows. And I think it's pretty clear why it raised eyebrows, is that the Jets are in rebuilding mode, and they were buyers at the deadline. This was a second-year guy, but... If you're getting traded in your second year, it's because your original team doesn't really want you. So that's not exactly a stellar thing. And Robinson had been, he was another guy, he had been a starter with the 49ers and had been benched for his poor play. And according to NFLPenalties.com, Robinson Robinson uh, collected eight penalties in 2017. And you have to, he was not a guy who played a whole lot for the Jets. He actually was benched by the 49ers. The league leader was nine. So Robinson had eight and really was not a full-time player for 16 games. So that shows you how grabby he is. This is the type of player I kind of view as a referendum on a regime. They're the good, and the good regimes in sports, the good front offices, good coaching staffs, what they can do is identify players who have talent, who they think just need, need a change of scenery, guys that they can work with, who they can develop, who just haven't been put into a conducive environment for their development. And they, they know who they are, they can figure out who they are, and they acquire them on the cheap, and they work with them, and they develop them into players. Bad regimes get these guys, and they're either misidentified or they don't really have the tools that the team thought they had, and they end up wasting draft picks. So that's what we're going to find out with the Jets. I think that this, I'm not saying that this, this one player is a bellwether. I'm not saying that Robinson determines whether or not this regime is successful, but it's one thing to look for. It's one, one area to watch is, are they making smart value plays? If you can turn Robinson into a player... That fifth-round pick is a very low cost. But if you can't, you've blown a draft pick for nothing. And it's something that you probably should have known because the guy struggled somewhere else. So you better be sure that you can turn this guy into a player if you're going to part with something because another regime already failed. So th- that, th- that's one thing to look for. Is I view this as kind of... Players like this are kind of a re- these reclamation projects that you actually pay a price for. And... Fifth-round pick, I know fifth-round pick's not a big deal, not a huge deal, but fifth-round pick is a pretty expensive reclamation project. Most reclamation projects come for free because the players don't have any value. So we'll find out. Did the Jets find the great reclamation project, or did they just waste a pick? I think that's something we'll, we'll look to. So as you can see, that'll close it out, and not a lot of high-end talents here, and that's troubling because this is, again, a very important position in the Todd Bowles defense. So the Jets have a lot of work to do. Now, where are the Jets going to go? Well, the Jets do have a lot of cap space in free agency. And I think the one guy you, you ought to keep your eye on in free agency, Trumaine Johnson from the Rams, who might be on his way out now that the Rams the Rams essentially traded for a guy who seems like he's going to be Johnson's replacement and that's Marcus Peters. And so Johnson's probably going to hit the market. And the other thing to watch, the reason, the real reason to watch Johnson is not just that he's considered a high, kind of a high-end free agent in this year's class, but the Jets have his former position coach. The Jets' secondary coach used to be Johnson's, sec- used to be Johnson's position coach with the Rams. So he's a guy worth watching. And I think that there's a decent chance the Jets end up signing him when you combine need with cap space with 
the personal connection the Jets have to him. That's one guy to keep your eye on, and we'll probably talk about some others going forward. Thanks for tuning in today. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to it. Options include iTunes and Spotify. If you do enjoy it, leave a good review in iTunes. Hope you have a great Tuesday. We'll be back on Wednesday to talk more Jets.